Make God's Word the standard for your life. The glory of God in the face of Christ is an open field for every willing heart to participate in the divine life produced by the death and resurrection power of Jesus. 1 John 2.6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. The world around you may say that's impossible, but by understanding the divine life and yielding to the Holy Spirit daily, he'll help us to live as Christ did. Adonai desires to make the humankind more like Christ. It's not an event, it's a daily walk. Are you willing? Let's listen to today's message. But what, what, is, what is holiness? Holiness in the Bible simply means to be different, other, to be separate. So we have a lot of days, but we, we have one day that we call holiday. It's, it's a day, but it's different from all the other days. It's a day that perhaps we don't work. It's just different. It's been set apart. It's not like all the other days. We call it holiday. We have so many spirits in the world, but one is called Holy Spirit. What does that mean? So many spirits in the world, but He is the Holy Spirit. He is of another kind. He is other. He is different. So He becomes the Holy Spirit. So holiness means consecration. Holiness means to be set apart. Holiness means to be other. So many people call themselves God, but there is one true holy God. He is holy because he's different from all the other gods. So that which is holy is that which is different. And what truly makes a man holy is the touch of God. The object of a holy God is as holy as the God. You could have so many lambs, but the lamb that is chosen to be sacrificed to any God who desires that makes the lamb holy, as holy as the God that is to be served with that object of sacrifice. And that is a picture that we have with God. See, holiness is not first a doing. We confuse holiness with morality. Morality is part of it, but it, it's first a being. Holiness is the, it's a nature. See, God is holy. And so whatever he touches becomes holy. He told Moses, that at his appearance, the land on which Moses was standing became holy. So we are called by God. We are called by a holy God. And 1 Peter chapter 2 talks about this. This is a very well-known verse. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to start reading from verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious." But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Then in verse 9, he begins to say, 
but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So the people that he calls become holy. In Leviticus chapter 19, chapter 20, God talked about this to the Israelites. It's, it's both a promise and a commandment. God told the Israelites in Leviticus 19 that the Lord your God is holy, therefore you shall be holy. Period. I am holy and I have called you. You are my people. And because I am holy, you are holy. Because light has no concord with darkness. So God is light and he has called his people. And his people suddenly, or by virtue of the nature of God, become light. See, it's, it's a promise of God. But at the same time, it's a commandment of a series of things that he gave to the Israelites. That because you are holy, because I have made you holy, or because I have called you, this is how you're going to live before me. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. So holiness doesn't begin with the doing. It begins with an understanding of the nature of the born-again Christian. An understanding that I have been called. An understanding of the fact that my body has become the temple of God. What does that mean? God dwells in me. And how can the holy God dwell in an unholy temple? It doesn't fit. So by virtue of the fact that God is in dwelling me, I am, I am holy. Which means I am called to manifest the holiness that indwells me. And that was the work of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came as water to wash the temple of God. And he told his disciples in John, he said, it's better for you that I leave that I go, so that the Holy Spirit will come. So the work of Christ was not only to forgive men of their sins. No, it was also to wipe them clean. He told the disciples, you are already sanctified because, the words, because of the word that I have given you. The word has washed you. And what did he do? He now made way for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within men like you and I. So the word came in to wipe our sins and to wash us clean so that the Holy God would now indwell men. Now, having been consecrated to God, we ought to live a certain life to the glory of the God that dwells within us. Even cults know this, that any object in the shrine, any object in the temple, it's as holy as the God of the temple. You don't take something out of the temple and go use it somewhere and bring it back. They don't, they don't allow that. That's even cults who call on all kinds of gods who have no powers, glorious as the power of Jesus. They don't do that. So it's an understanding. It's, just, it's, it's an understanding of our identity, where we've been called to. And the kind of God who has called me the God who's invited me to partake of who he is. Now, if I understand that, if I come to that understanding, I'll come to the reverence of God. If I come to that understanding, I'll come to the fear of God. If I come to that, that understanding, I will know that one, I am holy. And so I must live holy. See, it's the nature of a fish to swim. 
is the nature of a bird to fly. They just are. They just fly. That's who they are. And it's the nature of the born again believer to be holy and to desire to be more holy. So to live and not desire to be holy is to not be spiritual. I don't feel like I want to be holy. Then there's something wrong. The nature of the spiritual Christian is to desire holiness above anything. And that is what makes him a happy man. That is what makes her accept the ways of God. That is what makes the spiritual man say, God has spoken and it's enough. Sometimes it's not pleasant to us as natural men. And you see, as Paul describes, the flesh is always warring against the spirit. The flesh is always fighting against the reign of the spirit. The Bible calls the spirit of a man the candle of God. So my spirit is like the candle that the Holy Spirit, which is the light, which is the fire, comes to set upon. So the Holy Spirit sets on my spirit and the Holy Spirit keeps me burning. But my flesh is constantly warring against it. And so I have a choice to choose to submit my members to God, to say, God, I want to be the holy temple that you've declared me to be and to walk on that path. It's a walk constantly, daily. But the truth stands that a spiritual man desires to be holy more than to be happy in the sense of the world. I already talked about who a happy man is in the eyes of God. If that is the kind of happiness you're talking about, you already desire to be holy. You can't be the happy man that God talks about or God describes and not be on the path to holiness. But what does it mean to be holy? To be holy is to live absolutely for God. To be holy is to have your whole being, everything called you, living for God. To be holy is not to live, it's, it's to live a mono life. It's not to live a dual life. It's sometimes, and I've been there myself, that's how I know. It's like there is a part of you that has been given and submitted to God. And God is you know, working in, in those areas. And there's another part of you that is different, separate from your spiritual walk. No, to be holy is to live absolutely for God. To be holy is to be touched, to be called out, to be separated, to be consecrated by God unto himself. So if I am holy, I, I, I believe that I'm called out. I'm separated. I'm set apart. I've been touched by God. It's the touch of God that really makes a man holy. I've been touched by God. I've been called out. And out of that, I walk as he tells me to walk. To be holy is to fear God and revere him in thought and in deed, yet heed to his call. A holy man, a holy Christian, a holy woman is one who reveres God, who fears God. Yet, when the Lord bids him or her to come, he runs, he's swift to walk into the arms of God. So two things put together. Now, a perfect example I learned from one of my teachers is electricity. We know how powerful it is. We know how dangerous electricity can be. Yet, we use it in our homes. We have it wired everywhere. Electricity is all around us. We are plugging things in and out. And 
we are as close to electricity as possible, always, yet we know that it is powerful. And so what do we do? We submit to the laws of electricity. You buy a product, you read the manual, don't put metals in microwaves. You just don't do that if you don't want to be in the wrath of electricity. So we have a fear of electricity, but it's not the kind of fear that pushes us away. It's not the kind of fear that, that, that makes electricity terrifying to the point where we don't even want to have it. No, we want to have electricity in our homes. We want to see our lights on. We want to plug appliances and all that. But we are not unaware of the power of electricity. That is the fear of God. See, that is what brings a Christian to repentance. That is what makes a Christian constantly submit to God and want to do the will of God. It's not just to enjoy the beauty of being with the Lord. No, it's also to love him back, to do his will. Jesus said, if you love me, you would obey my commandments. So he should live with these two to know the awesome power of God, to know him as my maker. They are powerful. They are knowing to have that reverence for God, to have that fear for God or fear of God and still want to be close to him. So it's not fear that drives me away. It's fear that actually wants me to get closer and closer and closer to God, to know him even more so that I can live with him, so that I can live by him, so that I can live under him. That is what the fear of God is. So to be holy is to fear God and to revere him, both in thoughts and in deed. To be holy is to be lost in God and the power of his love. If a Christian does not know how much he is loved of God, his walk is going to be very difficult. The holy man of God, the holy woman of God knows how much he is loved. He knows that God sacrificed himself for him. And Paul says, what a talk and separate us from the love of God. It's not going to be hard times. It's not going to be challenging moments. It's not going to be our weaknesses. It's going to be nothing. So to be holy is to be lost in the love of God. To be holy is to burst forth in praises, beholding the goodness of God. You read in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we are a holy nation. We are called out to declare the praises of him who called us out. What do we read about the angels and the elders in, in heaven? They are constantly singing, holy, 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 holy to God. To be in the presence of God and to behold all that he is and all that he's done for us makes the holy man or woman of God want to praise God. It's something that makes one forget their problems. It's not as though Christians don't have pressing issues. No, but it's that the wonder of God is always above everything else. The glory of God is always above everything else. If one would take time to really understand it or to just, just imagine, just think about it, to meditate on it, you'd find yourself lost in it. And that is where all troubles and the curse of life diffuse. They get lost in this power of God. And all that happens is that the believer begins to praise God. So to be holy is to burst forth in praises. And that is the desire of a spiritual man. 
to be holy is to ask why me why 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 did why did you save me why not the other guy why me that is the path of holiness to be holy is to walk on earth and yet see from heaven's perspective i'm walking here on earth but spiritually i feel as though i'm in heaven i'm enjoying life with god why because his spirit is as close to me as possible so the holy man of god the holy woman of god walks the christian life and sees from heaven's perspective so governments would change laws would change a lot of things would change but jesus he is the same yesterday today and forever according to hebrews 13 and to see from heaven's perspective is to be in that constant state where what happens around you doesn't affect you because where you're looking at the perspective from which you're seeing it's not changing it's always the same what is what was true for me yesterday is still true for me today it's a it's a life that is above the politics of life it's a life that is above the social and the cultural issues of life now those are not bad i'm not saying social or cultural issues are bad as humans living here on earth we would care about them but i'm saying there is another life that lays ahead on top of all these things and that is where i want to live i can live there and still participate in any cultural issue or in any social issue but they don't entangle me they don't make me weak and that is a life of holiness to see from heaven's perspective to live here on earth as though you lived in the kingdom of god that is the walk of the holy man and all true spiritual men desire to be holy all true spiritual men desire to get closer and closer and closer to god all true spiritual men look upon their lives as people who've been called out to show the praises of god to show the magnificence of god and god equips such people who delight in him who who desire to do his will the bible says he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty some 91 so the desire of the spiritual man is to abide under the shadow of god that is where life is and god equips us to do that for god to command is to also give the means to obey the command but like i always say it's a daily walk from one level to another from one level to another so holiness is very important without holiness there's no fear of god without a desire to be holy then there is it means there is no fear of god if i don't desire to be holy then it means i'm not even beholding who god is do i even know who he is see the desire to be holy is a desire to fear god to please god to respect god to revere god holiness is very important that is why the spiritual man or the spiritual christian desires holiness above happiness as taught by the world to to live life desiring to be happy as the goal is to also set yourself up for disappointment is to live without the fear of god and is to be unwise 
the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning. <laughs> to fear God is to begin to be wise. So holiness is key. Why holiness again? Because that's our nature. It's the nature of the born again believer. I am holy. Do I believe that about myself? Do I believe the word of God? God says, I am holy. I am the temple of God. God has made me holy. And that is true. I believe that I am holy. And just believing that truth, just accepting that truth, changes a lot of things. It changes the way I think. It changes the way I live. It changes the way I order my life. It changes everything. Without holiness, there's no intimacy with God. Without a desire to be holy, one does not get intimate with God. How do you even approach God? Not knowing who He is. Or anyone who knows God knows that He is holy. And they approach God in that manner. So in my intimacy with God, it is not one that just happens anyway, anyhow. No. It happens in the confines of His holiness. God is holy. And the closer I get to Him, the more I desire His holiness so that I can get close to Him, the more I desire to be filled by His holiness, the more intimate I get with Him. So if you desire as a Christian to be holy or to be intimate with God, pursue His holiness. Hebrews 12, 14, the Bible says, should pursue peace and holiness without which no one shall see God. Without holiness, no one shall see God. But thank God himself, he's made us holy. And we have to know it. We have to teach it to ourselves. We have to declare his word that I am holy and I want to see God. I want to walk as he's called me to walk in his holiness. I want to see him. And that takes us into his intimacy, into his intimate love. And everything else makes sense. Worship makes sense. Praises make sense. See, in Christianity, we walk as we are called. We don't walk any other way. We are, we are walking as we are called. So we are called the righteousness of God. And that is how we walk. We walk in the righteousness of God. We are called the holy people. And that is how we walk. We don't walk in any other way. We are called forgiven. And that is how we walk. We don't walk feeling condemned. No, condemnation is not allowed because we are called the forgiving of God. I am called the Holy One of God, the Holy Temple of God. And that is how I want to walk. And it's my desire that every Christian would also walk in that same manner. We are called by faith and we walk by faith. That is how we walk. So we are saved by that which saved us and we are kept through that by which we were saved we are saved by grace through faith we are walking in faith by grace that is how we are called to walk as believers and i pray that as a christian you desire to be holy that you would not define your happiness in the way that the world defines happiness that you would know and appropriate the truth of god to yourself, that you would know the one that God calls happy and you would walk in that. You desire the true happiness of God 
and that would produce a desire in you to be holy above being happy as the world defines happiness or at least as the world presents happiness to us. Let us pray. Thank you everlasting Jesus for your word. Thank you for your truth and thank you for your Holy Spirit who is constantly teaching and guiding us. Thank you that we have a helper in him. Thank you that we have a counselor in him. Thank you that we can trust him because he is holy. He is other. He is different from all other spirits. Thank you that in his arms we are able to find refuge for our souls. Please help us walk as you've called us. Creating us a desire to be holy above everything else. Father, when the going gets tough, please bear us in your holy arms. Strengthen our feeble needs. Give us the will and the desire to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Glory Field. If this message edified you, please make a personal commitment to act on it. Prioritize building a deeper fellowship with the Holy Spirit and never neglect prayer. He's ever willing to indwell you and make you more like Christ. We encourage you to find a community of believers who also desire to be like Christ. God's faithful. He'll order your steps in righteousness. We love you and we agree in prayer with you to be obedient to Christ Jesus. Thank you.